Hello and welcome to FireDev, a fireside chat with great people in the industry. And today I have Nicole Adamson. And do you want to do a brief introduction, Nicole? Uh, a little bit, sure. Um, so yeah, th uh, thank you for having me today, Frahan. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am currently a concept artist, and I've been working as an artist for since 2015. So I've done things for different um, companies and like small indie studios, everything from like comics to illustration to video games. Okay, that all sounds good. Before I go on to my list of questions, just from what you've said, I've got a little question. Uh, yes. can, can you say you've done it, you know, from indie studios to, you know, bigger companies? What's the sort of, you know, difference that you find, you know, doing the work from indie compared to a more established big studio? And which one do you prefer or what are the, you know, pros and cons of both? Um, so I th like for indie studios, I don't, I don't think I've done anything for like a big video game studio yet. Um, the biggest studio I've worked for is Fandango and that was actually for illustration. Um, for, uh, for video games, when I was working for indie companies, it was like very small, like, like super close, like family. Everyone was just like, um, we're all like very close with each other. I remember I started, um, I worked in a startup called Studio Melusine for a couple years. And um, we we just created a video game like from scratch. So absolutely nothing. And so it was just all us like creative ideas. It was just, uh, it was a lot of work, um, but doing something uh, that definitely had more funding behind it, like Life Force Games that I recently worked for. Um, having like a supervisor was was really nice because we have like some sort of direction, some sort of like art direction on where to go. And it's a bit more, I guess you could say like organized. But overall, I think both experiences were just super fun. Okay. And how, you know, did you get involved with the startup was there any particular special story or was it just, you, you just happened to apply and it was a startup? Yeah, so there was actually a, star, um, a story. So I first got my um, big um, art job through conventions. So I live in California and there's, a, there's like the big, like the California convention scene. And so in 2015, I thought, hey, I thought it'd be really cool to just start showing my work at these conventions so the first convention i went to was wondercon and that's actually where i got the fandango job and then a couple years later i did um i think the next year after i did a convention called anime expo and so when i was showing artwork there someone came up to me and said hey you know we're just like a startup we're just looking for people right now your stuff looks very like game art would you like to join us? So I said, yes. And uh, I ended up doing uh, stuff for, we ended up forming a indie studio called Studio Melusine. It was from people all over the world, but we never met in person. So everything was done like strictly through Discord. So it was just like messages and then like voice calls and that's it. And that's kind of how we got formed from there. <laughs> okay, so that's Studio Melazine. What did that company that you formed do? 
Um, so we first started to make a PC game, and unfortunately, that that first one, the, the scope of the project was way too big. So our uh, project supervisor, who brought it, our project lead, um, he decided, okay, it's why don't we do something smaller? Why don't we pump out something that we can actually show people and get something finished? So that next year, I think maybe in like 2017, in 2018, we ended up releasing a mobile game called Brigands. It was a steampunk, like arcade side-scrolling shooter. And it was like, had a whole bunch of like interesting, like funny, like animals and just really fun, interesting, like steampunk style concepts. And that was released on Google Play and the the apple store <laughs> okay and is that game still available now to download i will be honest i don't think it is i i don't know what happened because i wasn't in that part of the production but i don't think it's on there i think it got removed yeah because i because i remember seeing that on your linkedin page and when i had a quick google i couldn't seem to find it i mean it it probably if it wasn't being actively developed on Google and Apple, they have, you know, new APIs and new changes where if you're not keeping up to date with their, you know, APIs, it gets to a point where they just take your app off just because it's not meeting either data protection, you know, yes. new standards or, you know, this, this, you know, feature or this API is deprecated and you need to implement the new one. So there is that problem. I know a bunch of apps that I've created in the past because, I wasn't actively developing them. Most of them have just been, just got taken off and that's just automatic. So even if you don't do anything, it they do get taken off. I think I found it on like an APK download website. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the Google Play ID is com.studiomelazine.brigands. So yes. I'm going to check that out afterwards, after we've done the podcast. It looks good from the images, but I will have a look because so this a you know a like a bully house style game. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yes, uh, in, but uh, I do really like bully how you know style games. I don't play them that often, but every now and again, I just feel like playing them because it's just chaos. Yes, <laughs> and they just feel arcadey. So I see that you stopped you know working for Studio Melazine. Well, did Studio Melazine continue afterwards or? Did you just sort of shut down and you all just went your separate ways? Yes. So we kind of, so after we released our first project together, I think um, the rest of the team, I went to do more like freelance work and the rest of the team, or I think some people um, in the team decided um, to do a couple more projects. I don't really know what happened with those. Okay. So the freelance stuff, I'm guessing you chose that just because it obviously brings in money compared to indie, which isn't as glorious as people <laughs> imagine it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what was working for, you know, Fandango like? And what did you do this, you know, specifically? Uh, yeah. So that was kind of, that was definitely a fun project. So I remember they came to me in WonderCon and asked, hey, we you know, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of our show called I Love, I Love Movies. 
And we want you to create this, I don't know, like 34 by 24 inches, like poster. And so we, they told me we want it to be based on a movie that you really enjoy. And then we will take your artwork and then we will show it at one of these parties during San Diego Comic-Con. And then also during, um, I think at the boardwalk in Santa Monica for a summer concert series. And so the movie that I ended up choosing was, I believe it was Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory or Charlie in the chocolate factory. It was the, uh, it was the Tim Burton one. And I remember growing up as a kid, I watched the original, the one that came out in the seventies and I just absolutely loved it. And then I, I really enjoyed the Tim Burton remake. I thought it was like super fun. I love candy. I love like chocolate. So I ended up creating this big like poster um, piece uh, from one of my favorite scenes. And it was like them in the chocolate room, but I redesigned it by making my own like sweets and making this really kind of like grand fun image. And so once it was done, they ended up showing it at one of the parties at San Diego Comic-Con. They invited me, and that was super fun. Okay, that's cool. So right now, you're a concept artist at Life Force Games. What you know, type of concept you know, art do you do there? Um, the type of art... So that's a PC... Uh, I believe it's a PC game, and... I did a lot of uh, low poly, kind of like low contrast, like lo-fi like style art. So something like super like simplified, but still kind of like awesome, like cool, like badass looking. <laughs> and so I did environment work as well as I designed some, I don't know if I can, I can technically talk about some of this stuff, um, but I did do uh, some gem stuff I, I designed these gems and they're to be used to power up your heroes, but they have a very unique aspect, very specific to the specific to the life force games. And I also designed like one model uh, for a tower defense game. And unfortunately I actually ended up getting laid off back in like beginning of September, so I don't currently work there. Okay, so you're not working there right now. Uh, what are you? Are you doing like freelance work, or what's the are you up to these days? Um, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to I I do like freelance work. I would prefer like doing more like contract or full time. But in the meantime, I have been applying to studios. Someone actually recently asked me uh, to do a private mentorship, so I. So I'm doing private like, uh, tutoring um, art mentorships right now. So I've been teaching my student like the the best that I know. You know, he wants to change his art from like abstract to more like abstract concept, which is super awesome. So I've been like helping him trying to do that, giving him the skills that he needs, uh, teaching him just my the best that I got. <laughs> and I do put have something lined up i i don't want to jinx it it's it, it is with like a smaller game studio i'm hoping it goes through but it is also for like a big like a pc or actually sorry a moba game okay that's cool 
And this student that you're teaching, is he like a university student or is he in the industry or is he just as a hobby and now he's shifting? Um, I would say, hmm. Okay, so so he is an architectural designer and he's definitely like older than me for sure. So so he, he's he's done um he's definitely done some work, but I think like right now this is more like a hobby for him and he just wants to like pick up the skills for making his stuff a bit more like concept arty and maybe like show it off at like galleries and stuff like that. Okay, that's pretty cool. And so you're a concept, you know, artist. What made you focus on concept art over like a another area? Um, because I think like for me, concept art, it's just it's a lot of things. I like being able to draw anything from characters to creatures and environments. It's very um it's very it's fun being like very, very versatile. It's I love being able to generate new ideas and places that people have never been able to see before and just give them like something new. Just ideas are so much fun for me. <laughs> okay. That's cool. And what made you become an artist in the first place? Um, in, Let's see. I, I love video games. I think f first of all, I was inspired by like playing like super Mario and I, I loved playing Kingdom Hearts in the Final Fantasy series. When I played Final Fantasy IX, just looking the, at the environments, it was they were just so incredible, so detailed, so fun, so like fantasy driven. It felt like such an escape for me. And being able to do art is very like mentally freeing. I can basically be exist whoever I want to be, and it's it's just so much fun actually like doing it i i i was inspired by a lot of people growing up around me in school who were like drawing they were doing like anime drawings and i kept thinking to myself oh my gosh this is so cool i would love to do this growing up <laughs> okay so have you ever thought about doing artwork that's you know more released than concept stage and have you ever tried any? Yes, yes. So, um, so on on certain days, I love doing like little artists like drawings or warm ups. And so, what I do is before I start a piece or I do something for work, I'll just pop on the Photoshop, like bring up my tablet, and I'll just start like sketching and just drawing whatever comes to mind. So, so I just like come up with like characters or creatures that I don't really like think about. And I just kind of go with the flow. I kind of follow like the forms, the shapes, maybe add a couple eyes and some teeth and just let the drawing or the sketch happen. So not trying to force myself to make anything like super crazy or super intense just have fun and just put a whole bunch of elements and ideas together okay and why the gaming industry instead of you know some other industry to make you know do artwork for um i just i can't get away from games they've been with me for so long ever since i was little that i just it's it's been such a big part of my life it's 
playing games has really helped me through some of the more difficult times in my life. It's really helped get me through um, some hard moments and just like the people just how much passion everyone is able to put into a game to create this amazing product and share it with the rest of the world. It's so amazing and so fun to me. What games are you currently playing then? <laughs> so I, I, there, there aren't like some on my list. I'm currently playing, uh, I was playing um, Uncharted the uncharted games because those are super fun i i love adventure i love like action um i was also playing like some older games that came out like i really enjoyed murder by numbers because it feels like the ace attorney series but you're doing stuff with Pacross and the the time setting it's like the 90s it's a time when i grew up uh the music is amazing and just the gameplay it so much fun <laughs> okay and what game would you love to have worked on you know like a past game and done artwork for oh, and why gosh. Mm. What, what particular part of that game because obviously we you know if you say call of duty there's so much artwork that goes into it or gta yeah. for example there's like what specific part of it as well um I would have really loved to have worked on uh, the Ratchet and Clank games for sure, because I just, the art, the creatures, um, the, I mean, I mean, even the environments, it's just the way that they do, that those artists make the proportions, it's like goofy, it's funny, but it also looks like really awesome and badass at the same time. I just absolutely just love the aesthetic. It's like so colorful. It's bright. It's just, it just feels like an overall like really good time. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the Russian Clan games, I do love them as well. I played the most recent one on PS5. Overall, I thought it was, you know, good. I think the graphics may have been hyped up a bit too much, but I definitely the transitions between the different, you know, worlds with their sort of, you know, dimension. Uh, technology in in there and how smooth it was transitioning so it definitely showcased you know the speed of the flash storage on, on, on you know on on next gen have you played the most recent one no i actually have been trying to get a ps5 the last few years so i haven't no luck yet <laughs> are, are they still hard to get in the u.s um i would say yes yes okay yeah because in the uk they were hard to get for because they came out in on November twenty twenty, November twenty twenty, and they were hard to get for at, at least a year, uh, for at least the first year up until probably I'd say early this year. They was very hard to get. Now you can, you know, find one if you really want to. Um, but yeah, the the prices on the second hand market are crazy. I'm guessing the same in America as well. Yes, absolutely. Okay, and what sort of what's your preferred sort of console or PC of choice then? Uh, definitely, oh, I don't want to be like horrible about this. I, I absolutely, for me, I love Sony. I love PlayStation because it's it's the titles 
that they have. I love the Final Fantasy series. I love the Kingdom Hearts series, Uncharted. There's, I could go on. There's just so many games that I feel definitely fit my personality a bit. Yeah, I, I already guessed that you were more of a PlayStation person because you know you said <laughs> Ratchet and Clank, you said Uncharted, yes. like, and they're like two of the big titles for PlayStation. What other PlayStation exclusives do you like as well? Um, oh, oops, sorry. Um, I'm trying to think because I, ha- I haven't played PlayStation in the last few months because I ended up getting a Switch. So I've been playing some of those Nintendo titles. Um, PlayStation exclusives? Would Stray count as a PlayStation exclusive? Mm, I know it's on PC. It's, a, it's exclusive enough. Okay. I okay. It's not I, Xbox. Okay. I okay. To be fair, I haven't played Stray yet. I'm going to, but is it's been a while since I played PlayStation. I can't Shadow of the Colossus. That's that's yeah. Not I mean, easy. I mean uh, yeah, I played that back in 2020. You know the remastered version yes. on PS4 Pro, and obviously you know that ran fantastic at 60 frames per second. Remember playing the original a little bit back in the day? I mean, it's crazy how much they would have to cram in, because I went back and watched some PS2 gameplay videos, how much they would have to cram in, you know, that scale on PS2, because it looked fantastic and still really good to play on PS4. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely, because I I played the original one on PS2, and it was just gorgeous also like a big inspiration for my art just so much fantasy it's so cinematic the graphics the gameplay it was just it's an incredible game yeah i i mean i really want them to do like a remastered or maybe a remake of Ico, you know the original one yes when we saw shadow of colossus because i play shadow of colossus remake i played the last guardian both were good I think I preferred probably Shadow of Colossus over Last Guardian, but I I really do want an eco remake because I played that a fair bit back in the day. Yes, oh my gosh, I played that one too. It's 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 too fun. But like like you said, if it did have all those in, insane graphics, oh my goodness, I just can't. Yeah, I mean it might even be better because they might do a PS5 version. I mean, it's a shame. I think Shadow of Colossus was the more popular one out of Ico and Shadow. So I think that's probably why they focused on Ico. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wonder what that studio is doing right now. Oh, uh, what was the studio name again? Do you remember? I thought it, I th- I thought it was Sony, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know the exact studio. It, it is Sony, but it's... I think it's one of you know their own studios, uh, developed by Japan Studio. Okay. Uh, right now, I mean they got a lot of titles. Right now, the I mean are they even don't really say that they're working on anything because the last stuff according to Wikipedia was Patapon Two, Ghost of Tsushima, really good game. Demon Souls, obviously the you know the remake for PS Five. Then they obviously did, you know, Astro's Playroom as well, which was really good. So yeah, the team Eco, which you know developed these games, they haven't really, no, they haven't done anything, uh, you know, new. So uh, I mean, I I look forward to seeing what they're doing because 
they just haven't announced anything clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, what Switch games have you been playing then? Um. So I did say Murder by Numbers because I don't think that was available for PlayStation. Um. I've been playing Kirby's Dream Buffet because it's so cute. I I love sweets. And so sometimes that's like something I just like love putting in my artwork is like making um making some of my art look like maybe like sprinkles or just something like very appealing, like very colorful and fun with fun shapes. And the Kirby's Dream Buffet is definitely fun. It it kind of reminds me of playing uh, Fall Guys, which I was into, which I mean, I'm, I'm still into, but I've been playing for the last few years also, because it's it's just so um, it's so fun. And the Kirby's Dream Buffet reminds me of some of the race rounds in Fall Guys and just how they modeled all these really gorgeous looking like the sweets and the cakes. It's so fun to see it as like an actual course that you can play through. Oh yeah. I mean, for like, uh, you know, four guys, I, I do enjoy playing that. I wish it was local co-op as well. You know, obviously playing online, but I wish there was split screen co-op because so many times I want to play that with my wife or my sister and, you know, when they're, you know, when we're in a, you know, let's say I'm away or she's away, then then it's fine. You know, we just play on different systems. But when we're together, you know, we want to be a split screen and see each other, you know, falling <laughs> uh, messing up. So, but yeah, it's a shame they haven't added local split screen because I, I think that would have been a great feature. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so going back to Life Force Games, it's a blockchain company. What do you think of blockchain, crypto, and NFTs personally? Personally, ooh, that's <laughs> like um. Okay, so from a marketing standpoint, I can see why it works, and I can see why it would be appealing for a studio to do that. Um, from a personal point of view, as an artist, it's definitely a little bit more tricky. Um, I I wrote a blog post on this last year about nfts and that was a little difficult because it's it's a controversy it, it can be a controversial topic for some people um some of the stuff like what they're doing with the nfts how they're being made and what it's doing to the environment but also at the same time um i've been going on i've read articles about like well-known artists art directors having their work stolen and being used for NFTs without their permission and the plagiarism aspect of it where someone can just save someone's image offline and then turn it into an NFT. And that's something that I personally don't support. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think because it's a new technology and right now there's not really many sort of complex and I'll say interesting applications of the of these technologies yeah it is very easy for let's say me to go on google get some images from an artist and put it on the because i have seen you know nfts pop up and i recognize the art and i and i i have a look i'm like that the person who originally created it definitely has not done any work in nfts so you know it's clear okay so we just had a little technical issue so just continuing where we left off we was talking about blockchain crypto nfts and we was talking about you know people ripping off 
you know, other people's artwork and, you know, obviously, you know, the low barrier to entry. I think one of the other issues is, because, you know, especially with NFTs, it's so associated with, you know, just, you know, artwork or, you know, 3D models and selling that. And obviously other technologies, much, you know, it's way beyond that. But for now, it really is just going towards, you know, so I'll say the low-hanging fruit of that industry where and it's, you know, just got onto artwork. But it is making its way into games and potentially movies and no, TV shows. I hope so not. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to see how that is. Have you personally invested in any crypto? No. Um, so I... So uh, any particular reason why like what's your really like reasoning and sort of full process behind um that. and so there were a couple coins that i was looking into that i was researching mm-hmm. and i think the only it, it was it was difficult a few years ago because i think the only way that we were able to get those particular ones was through another website and it felt kind of sketchy at least for us and i remember my friend ended up backing out saying yeah i don't i don't know what's going to happen with our money i don't know what kind of like information they could be taking from us so let's just he he decided to back out and i just like went with him because i just wasn't sure about it that's fair enough and okay so you're not at life force games now but if he was there, or if, if they had a different company, if crypto, they said, we're going to pay you in crypto, would you accept that, or would you still want your old, you know, US dollars? No. I <laughs> Actual, like, okay, so, money. Okay, so you don't want to be paid in Bitcoin, or, you know, life force coins, or whatever. No. Yes. Yeah, you, you want something that you can easily go to the store, you know, buy a can of coke buy some chocolate you know actually buy stuff easily yes without having to worry about you know obviously exchanging it and obviously currency differences and all other stuff yes so it was so i see that you taught online classes tell us about that and how it came about uh, contacted me they actually found my art station and contacted me about hey um we're making this website it's called skill and we're going to have um, artists. We really like your work. And if you want to teach classes online on this website, you can. So I had a couple meetings with him. I checked out the website, made sure to read the TOS, all the fine print and everything just seemed great. Um, you could, if you were an instructor, you could make whatever class that you wanted. So you could teach anything. Uh, he's, I think at the time he specifically wanted only creative classes, so art. And so I decided to teach a couple classes, uh, one called Light and Shadows for Beginners. And what was great about it was you could set your price per student, however long you wanted the class to be. It was completely customizable and I ended up teaching the Light and Shadows class for beginners for a year on the site. And then what happened is I think the company ended up, they ended up doing some NFT stuff this year and they did invite me to do it. And I don't know what happened, 
but I'm trying to find the site and I think it just, the site's not there anymore. So I don't know what happened with that. Okay. And have you ever thought about, you know, starting a YouTube channel and teaching on there? Because obviously it mm -hmm. seems like, you know, you've got a fair bit of teaching experience over the years. Clearly you enjoyed enough to do it. You've got obviously industry experience as well. So I think like a combination would make for a good YouTube channel, you know, teaching the artwork, you know, how to do it, you know, transitioning from one type to another, you know, how to, you know, obviously your experience in the industry and, in and maybe for a portfolio or for a CV that you recommend to get it, a job. But I know so like, have you right about now that? I just don't have the time to do it because it's like recording. I don't know much about uh, doing video work, but I just know it's, it's a lot. You have to keep up with the algorithm. You have to post at least one video a week and that's kind of difficult. So I'm kind of focusing uh, a little bit of my free time on making the blog in, in instead. So having people drive traffic to the blog and potentially making like some income off of that and not having to, you know, post a video, at least for now, like every week, because it's just, I know it's something that I can't handle in my schedule right now. But later on, it's something that I would definitely consider for sure. It, for me, okay. it always That's depends cool. on the project um, and what, what are your go-to tools for creating artwork? Wants, um, for me to get it done faster, it's just much easier for me to do it in Photoshop with my little plug-and-play tablet and just start drawing and sketching. I have all the materials. I don't need to buy like paints or acrylics or anything like that. Just go straight into Photoshop. Okay, and what would you recommend to someone that's starting out can't afford, let's say, a tool like Photoshop? Photoshop's not cheap, and you can't even really buy Photoshop anymore. You have to, you know, just subscribe to it. So you can't even fork it out, you know, keep it for five years, you know, how I know people used to. You have to pay every month. What would you recommend to those people that can't afford um, it right now, but that want to so try and there, get some there exposure are, to it? What um, tools or other techniques would you, you recommend? Try, like, Outside of piracy, um, of course. That people can try for free. Like I believe Clip Studio might be offering a free, like a six, maybe like a free, like few months trial or so. And that's pretty, that operates pretty similar to Photoshop. Um, and I think also you can still buy the forever version for um, if you have an extra, I don't know, like 50 to $60 lying around, like you can just buy and get that like forever version. Um, I mean, it, it won't come with like any updates, but it's still a pretty good price for a digital program. So that's, that's one I would like. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's good to know. Okay, so what do you wish, you know, these tools had, but don't to make, you know, creating artwork easier and your, you know, your workflow easier? Because I, I personally know 
that I mean, because I'm a programmer and having done some work in Photoshop, I wish I could easily just do some coding in there to, you know, let's say repeating tasks and, you know, being able to, you know, create the artwork. And because I know I could kind of do the instructions via code a lot easier and a lot quicker than I could um, via just clicking buttons. So what features would you like to see in these tools that are, don't really exist and why? I think Photoshop may have already, I, I haven't checked recently, but I think Photoshop may have released that new feature where it was, where you, where you create an artwork. And I think you can, it, it I think it like embeds your um, like artist signature or something into the file and makes it like as an original NFT, basically like someone can't like copy it or pass it off as their own. And I thought that was, super cool um i don't know really i mean i with with the new photoshop the current one as opposed to cs6 they've done a they've had a lot of changes that i really like so far um i can't really think of much i mean potentially maybe something to possibly you know, prevent artwork from being used by like AI programs, possibly. Okay, that sounds interesting. And sort of which, you know, YouTube channels and online resources would you Ooh, recommend God, for someone, you know, sad. learning to draw? That's there's a lot of resources out there. Obviously trying to navigate it. Which one would you personally so recommend? Um, I would say definitely make sure to, uh, like, if, if you have a budget, make sure to put that first. Make sure to get classes that you really want and make sure to research the people who are like teaching those classes make sure it's something that you absolutely want and it it definitely feels like worth your time um for resources there are a couple that i go to so something that's super super helpful is artstation has artstation learning so all you need to do is create a free account and you just have um you can have access to a whole bunch of like free tutorials like from industry professionals doing like awesome work everything from modeling to concept art illustration it's just filled with so many tutorials and how to's just absolutely free Um, okay, that's good I don't to know, know if I've actually and worked what's with your Unreal. Experience like I have done Unity, stuff for and what Unity, do you think of Unreal? but I don't think I've, I've never actually used the Unity interface and the program. So basically, when I was doing stuff for Studio Melazine and we were, we were using Unity, he just told me, okay, just make, make the assets, just make them as PNGs, and send them over and then they they took care of the rest
I okay, don't know. I can't answer that and because I haven't. Do you think um, Unity is the best engine out there for two D um, games? Two D engines. I haven't experimented with those yet. I did. So I ended up going okay, to the University and of California. Did you go to university? And, and what I, did you study? Because I knew I wanted to be an artist, specifically in video games. I went into art, but the only program that they had at the time was studio art. And so studio art is just, it's basically just fine art. So painting, drawing, uh, sketching, like sculptures. But what was, what was different about that school at the time is because it was like fine art and studio art, it was very conceptual. So it wasn't concept art that you would use commercially for video games or films or for the entertainment industry. It was basically like fine art, like gallery art. So what, um, what I was like hoping to learn, like environments or, or basically like perspective, how, how to get your art to basic, to a very like illustrative level the school at uci was very different it, it was more like the idea and a little bit about your process when creating art and the concept but not so much the like the finish if that makes sense i would um, I would say it definitely yeah, I understand what you mean. And would you recommend went, university to people? Programs and why? for like concept artists or for game for jobs in the game industry. Now they do, which I find is super, super cool. I do believe UCI now has some sort of like game design program or classes that you can take. Um, but I think I would say it, it it really depends on where you're at on where you're at and if you have the money to do it. Um, it. It really depends because some places actually do require you to have those degrees. So so it's it's really difficult. I mean some do and some don't. Um, I can't speak for anyone else. Yeah. I, it, it just all depends on personal preference. Okay. And do you do any artwork outside of work itself? And what sort of artwork, you know, use, um, what do you do it, of, you know, based off, outside of the uh, you know, in your own spare time I, if you do it? I love doing, like, sketches. I love doing painting and watercolors. It's very colorful. So whenever I go out with friends or my family, I'll just bring my sketchbook along and just start sketching with, like, markers or pens, like, ink. And kind of just like sketch what sketch what is around me like um, like say if I'm at a coffee shop or I go to like a theme park here I find some of the structures to be like and the architecture to be really interesting so that's something I'll just sketch 
and really just try to improve my skills a little bit more. Oh, I, I, I think it depends. Like, I mean, of oh, course, if cool. it ends up like and would you ever switch well or something really? happens in the gaming industry, I might. But honestly, it seems like it's just getting more and more popular. So for now, I would say I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm very happy with this career. Okay, that's good to hear. And are there any particular games or genre of games that you don't like? We've talked about the ones you do like, yes. but uh, so people are coaching that, the you know, they hate this type or they hate this type. Of games. And, you know, are there any... Um, not true. Um, um, <laughs> there, are, there, there are some I do try to stay away from. Um, my friend knows this, but I am just not into first-person shooters involving people because I just don't like killing i don't like violence i don't like seeing blood so things like call of duty i'm like it's i mean i've never played it but those types of shooting games i'm like try to stay away from it if it's something like resistance where you're just like shooting aliens and nonsense then yeah like i would that 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 would be something i'd be into but if it's people Probably not. Um, I also tried playing Metroidvanias, and that's not really my style. <laughs> it's a little, um, it's a little, t like it's it's a lot of back and forth, and sometimes I get confused, so I'll get stuck in one area, and I end up spending like an hour in an area that I could have done in like ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there where you just... Uh, so sometimes those na those type of games can get frustrating where you're just going back and forth, back and forth, and you're thinking, I've been here a million times. Is this the room that I need to go to? Or is it the other room? And then you just, just discover there was some uh, one room that you've missed, and literally what you yes. need is just, just out in the open there. So, I mean, you can definitely tell you're a PlayStation fan when you, when you mention Resistance. I haven't... I haven't heard anyone talk about, you know, the Resistance games in ages. I, I, I'm still holding out hope for mm -hmm. Insomniac to make a new Resistance, especially on the PS5. But they seem to have, you know, closed that chapter because they do, you know, one, two, three. They had the PSP and the PS Vita version, but that was it. Like, I'd, I'd like to think they will, mm -hmm. but I think, you know, obviously they're doing the Spider-Man games, the Ratchet and Clank games, and I feel like they're more sort of, popular more well received uh, i feel like resistance was popular um, but it was really hardcore playstation people that loved it whereas i feel like the spider-man ones you know the xbox players really want it uh ratchet and clank i feel like if they had the choice they would want it i feel like with resistance because there was halo and other games uh, at the time on uh, and like gears as well because obviously that was a big one you know, I feel like Gears and Resistance were the two, you know, at the time going head to head. Even though one was third person, one was first person. <laughs> and but yeah, you're saying because you're not killing humans, but in Resistance, actually, you're you, the you are right. But I think it's they, just like for me, like visually, well, as long as it doesn't look like a human, from what I remember, it's fine. <laughs> 
I think it's okay. I think it's too. Okay, so what about zombies then? Still, Would yes. that be okay or no? They, do they still look too humany for you? Too humany. Okay. I mean, are there any sort of shooters that you that, like that, that you said that no, aren't shooting humans per se? Are there any sort that you uh, that you like to play? Uh, yeah, there are shooting humans. I mean, you know, either aliens or robots or, um, I don't know, anything that's not human-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Besides those, no, but I do... Yeah, because like, oh, yeah, Ratchet and Clanky shoot, I forgot like, all about that. Shooting one. humans, I... I, I did like the Deus Ex games, so I will have to, like... So I did have to suck it up through those games, but those were really fun, as well as the Uncharted games. Yeah, yeah, they are good. They are good. I haven't played the latest one, which is a few years old now. I keep saying it's on my list, but you know, I just come to terms with that. The list has just got so long. I'm gonna just focus on the new <laughs> and the odd old one, and there's gonna be many games I'm probably just not gonna get around to playing in my life. I just, I just know that's the reality now. When there's so many great games, you know, you got Call of Duty that's just come out. You have The Last of Us Part One. The you know the remake come out. You got God of War Ragnarok. I've not, you know, bought God of War yet. I need to get that. And, you know, Absolutely. there's so many other games. Yeah, there's, out, so, there's so many. Yeah. I just I'm guessing you've probably got a, a backlog that you would like to get around game to. Game from the PS2 you like you never that will. I've been wanting to play ever since I was in high school. It's called Phantom Brave. And it's just, it's it's like a classic strat RPG, but it's, that alone takes about, what, like 40 hours to beat. And then, like you said, there's just a big backlog with a whole bunch of amazing games and some of them do take like 20 plus hours to complete <laughs> oh yeah uh, i remember i had just finished ghost of tsushima probably about a year or so ago and then i got assassin's creed valhalla because ghost of tsushima I must have sunk about 30, 40 hours in the because I did all the side quests as well. You know, leveled up my character, you know, to the max. And I want to say, I'm pretty sure I platinumed that game as well. And I started playing Valhalla. You know, it's kind of similar in terms of the open world nature. And, oh my God, I just remember thinking it's so bad, this Assassin's Creed is, compared to some of the older original ones, like 1, 2, you know, 3 and 4. And I, I, I looked at how long it takes to complete it, and I think it's 70 or 80 hours, something ridiculous. And I thought, no way, after playing, you know, a piece of art like Ghost of, Shish- Ghost of Tsushima, am I going to <laughs> punish myself for 70 to 80 hours just because I want to get a game done? I was like, no, there's so many other games I would rather play. For you. It feels like a 10-hour or an 8-hour game like Call of Duty. I could maybe, maybe force myself. But for 70, 80 hours, and that was just the main campaign. That wasn't even include. It might be 40, 50, but whatever it was, it was a ridiculous amount. And I, and I remember thinking, that's, that's just for the main quest. And the reality is I'm going to have to do some side quests just to level up my character, oh my- although it's just going to be too difficult. And, <laughs> yeah, that was something oh, that, that was just you know, horrible. Uh, uh, I haven't, but I have heard was, good things. Uh, Compared to the older ones. And like I was saying, after playing Ghost of Tsushima, 
Like, have, have you played that? Oh, yeah, like, when you play that, because obviously that's a PlayStation exclusive as well. When you play that, it's like, oh, my God, this was made on PS4. Like, it looks better than most PS5 games. They've got a PS5, you know, remaster, which is a bit better now anyway, so that's would be the one I would recommend getting. But it's just, it is so, the visual, you know, style is, it's, the colors, the contrast, it's something you've awesome, got to play. Awesome, yeah. And I'm then obviously the storyline on top of it. I'll as definitely well. check it out. Thank it's, you. Yeah, it was definitely one of my of favorite games that I played games, in 2020. I totally forgot. I played Horizon back, I think, around like 2020, 2021. And gosh, like it's so amazing. But the main story was very long. And then doing all of the, uh, the side quests and the extras, I think I ended up like time wise, I put in at least like 85 hours into that game. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played the original. I do have number two. I'm probably, I don't know, about five or so, or so hours into it. I need to get back to completing it. <laughs> but I'm one level away from completing, com completing COD. Once I've done that, I need to finish Last of Us Part 1 remake and there's so many other games on my shelf as well that i need to play and then need to do horizon as well once i've done them <laughs> then i'll buy god of war so otherwise i'm just gonna play a little bit because because obviously you know when you're older now you can't you know play 10 12 hours you're you know you're working you got other stuff that you need to do and you want to do so yeah, if you're only playing an hour yeah, or two I, I here and there or like every day nowadays, you need to you know really focus, focus on those few games or spend too much time on really long titles so i try to stick with something like 12 hours or less m maybe like 15 hours or less um and that's also why like i kind of switch a little bit into like more indie titles as well because they're like super quick but super fun and really unique Oh, yeah, like some of the indie titles out there. And some of them look so good. Mm -hmm. The storyline's so good. You know, the gameplay mechanics are different. They just work really well. And you think this was made by one or a few people. And then you get games that are made by hundreds of thousands of people. And you think their game is just rubbish compared to this person that's created this amazing piece of artwork. Did you ever play Firewatch from a few years ago? Again, it's one of those games that's got a really nice art style. It's a very nice, for the most part, calm and peaceful game. It's just like it's just, it's just a walking simulator, so yeah, I won't reveal too much. But you're you know you work in a fire watchtower. You you're on a radio. You're having to do you know just just mundane missions. And but there's there's basically a mystery that you're trying to solve as well. And there's like a little bit of an ending that's you know worth. It's definitely a game worth checking out. Uh, I think it may be available on Switch. Maybe, maybe not if it is. It's definitely you know worth getting on there. But like playing it on the big T screen, it, it's definitely a great experience. What sort of yeah, definitely. indie titles Limbo are was one of the first ones that I played way back when. Firewatch, Limbo, incredible. Inside, those ones are standouts um, for me. Just, it's so cinematic, gorgeous. The gameplay was insane. <laughs> um, one that I recently played on the Switch was called The Garden's between and i don't want to say too much about it but the gameplay 
I don't know how to describe it. It's it's so cool. So like every step that you make, you're you're on this like little map. Every step that you make, there are other things going on in the environment. But when you step back, time reverses. So when you go forward, when you move your character forward, time goes forward, but then it's also a puzzle game. So how do you go back and forth and be able to get things to line up in that level so you can so you can get to the next level. Um, I really liked Enter the Gungeon. I don't know if that was considered an indie game, but that was super fun. Um, and I think that's all I can think of right now. I'm sorry. I have a lot. <laughs> Okay. Oh, uh, it's what was the game Garden that you said again? In the one that you said, you know, when you walk forward, you go forward in time. When you go back, you go backwards in time. What was the name? The Garden. I mean, the name was Ring. Uh, the Garden Between. Yes. The poster image I'm seeing. Actually, I think this was a game that I saw and I wanted to play. Isn't this relatively. Uh, no, it's not, it's not bad news. It's a few years old. Okay, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to have a look at that because I do remember seeing that and thinking it looked like a cool game and it, it sounds even cooler as well. Um, okay, so, so what do you think of remote working versus being in the office and how has your previous then, positions been? I can't speak for the office because my entire career has been remote work <laughs> ever since 2015. So I've, so I've never been in the office except the one time when I went to Fandango and I they, I had to give them the, okay. the deliverables. That's it. Okay. That's fair enough. And like, do um, you, you obviously don't really have much experience when, in the office. Would uh, you like to, or are you, or are you when, just when happy things doing have gotten it a bit better with the pandemic? I would love to work in the office. It's always been a for sure dream. Just like working with the team, having my own desk and chair. Very cool. <laughs> Yes. So okay. Um, what careers I, did you think about as I an alternative growing up? An astronaut, because I thought it was just the best thing to just float around in space for a little bit. I know is is just it. It just seemed like so fun. You know, I that was one of the things I wanted to be as that, well. <laughs> it is just like a very like childish but like really fun like idea, and I wanted to become a chemical engineer but it felt like you know it it was definitely more of like a parents thing where oh you know this is this pays well this is this is interesting you know you'll you'll make a lot of money basically be a chemical engineer and that's actually when i applied to colleges i applied as a chemical engineer not as an artist Okay, that's interesting. And how did you find COVID? 
because obviously he forced a lot of people to work remotely. You're working remotely already, but you know, be isolated, mm, not be able to go the, out to certain places, not see the people. Yeah, Whereabouts in America arms, are you from, our, and how bad were the lockdowns there? He was he was really good about it. So as soon as it got out of hand, he told everyone like put the masks on, don't go out. It was very intense, but I know he had a lot of people's like interests at heart. Um, but it, it was some time and we didn't have, I, I don't remember the exact timeline of all the lockdowns, but definitely through the rest of 2020, couldn't go out. Um, I mean, you could, but you, you, you might be giving someone like COVID. Um, it was, I would say, like, a little intense. Couldn't see my friends. Um, one of my friends that I see every week that we always hang out, it was, like, now, like, every, like, like I, I couldn't even see him, like, for the first three months. Um, but then after that, when things started getting better back in 2021 with the vaccines, um, we definitely got to see each other a a little bit more often, maybe like once every two weeks. But yeah, it was definitely a shock for everyone and very difficult. It did feel lonely, but um, being with some some of my family during that time was made things a lot better. Oh, yeah. Definitely having people around you definitely, you know, does help in a situation, you know, like that. Okay, so I've got a few fun generic questions, you know, just to run through, less career-based. So would you (laughs) rather run a 10-person company or a 1,000-person company and why? Okay, like the the 10-person company I would love to because I do have a couple You can, but like what's the reasoning for those? like in my mind would be like triple A, like like movie, cinematic, like big games. And I know that's not something I'd be able to do on my own. So being able to make that a possibility with a really amazing team would be a age one of my dreams come true would be so, so amazing. But working on my own as a one person company would be really cool because I have full creative freedom. Um, It's just a lot easier to manage. It's everything that I want. Just go for it and just release it. I, I would be in control of what happens. Like if anything happens, um, it it would be a lot easier. So yeah. Fair enough. And would you rather have five million upfront or know. half a million five a year million for the rest of your life? Half a million a year. Probably the half a million a year because for the rest of my life, because it's just it's just constantly just gonna be coming in. It's not something I'm gonna have to keep worrying about all the time it's just okay like 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 I know I have this amount coming in it's just basically like some sort of like good like positive expectations to not worry about potentially like when the next paycheck will be coming 
Okay. And in that situation, because obviously half a million is a lot of money and it would allow you to live a good life, travel, car, house, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, do some, like, what would you do in that scenario where you're not having to work anymore? So let's just say it's just coming in, you don't have to do anything. What would you Maybe be doing in that in scenario? Studio, would you just play games all day, you know, get through um, that backlog or start also, that in the studio that you I want to? I would or what still would want do? to be drawing for sure because it's just something that brings me joy. It gives me a lot of energy to just keep going. It's it's so fun to just keep drawing and generating a lot of new ideas. It's something that just kind of like energizes me and like exercises my mind. So I don't think I'd be able to live without that. I would be playing games, but um, definitely not like the whole day for sure. Okay, and so you want to do, you know, your own stuff, your own indie work again. Like, is there any particular reason you're not, you know, going for it right now? Um, and, like, have you thought about, you know, just yeah, I've, I've definitely you know, stopping what you're doing it. or, you know, looking um, for a job or doing a normal job and just going for indie right again? right now, for sure, because I, I just, I, I still really want to advance my career. I want to work for a big game studio. I would love to do like do stuff for animation because that's something I've been into for a very long time as well and even do stuff for movies because I love movies so much also okay that's cool to tell my movies what do you think of video game to movie ad- adaptations and vice versa in a movie to video game adaptations? Um, and do you have any examples of good well, ones? Plenty of examples totally of bad ones. For sure. you have of good ones. I'm definitely for it. Um, I haven't seen the Blood Rain. I haven't played the Blood Rain games or the films, but I have I have read some reviews, <laughs> so I haven't I haven't seen those. Um, I. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, which um, I, I have not seen the Uncharted one because I haven't played four yet. So that's off the table. So is it something you'd recommend still seeing or no? It's not the best. It's not the best movie. <laughs> I mean, it's worth a watch, especially if you are an Uncharted fan like I was. That's the main reason I watched. If I was an Uncharted fan, I potentially may have you. I love movies, so I do watch a lot, but it would have been potentially something I would have missed. But if, because if, if you are an Uncharted fan, you'll see so many just problems and inaccuracies and just changes to the movie that were unnecessary and, you know, the casting and everything. It's just like, uh, you know, Tom Holland as Nate and sense, yes. you know, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Mark Wahlberg looks more like Nate than a Sully. Yeah, so it's it, again, it's worth yeah, it's worth a watch, but it's not the best one. I think they had a great opportunity there, and they blew it. They, they, I feel like somebody came to them. They were like, you know, your games are doing really well. 
uh, you know, Sony, because obviously the thing is Sony has a movie division, so it's a lot easier for Sony to, you know, do a get you know a movie than it is for Microsoft because they're having to partner with other external studios. But Sony's like, you know, we'll do it, and you know we've got you know because obviously Tom Holland is under contract for Spider Man. They they would have to obviously as a result getting very easy for this movie. They're like, you know, Tom Holland's heart is in you know guy right now. Let's have him as you know Nate, you know, joking around. And but I feel like he wasn't created by fans or by people that made the game and that actually had any control over the movie. And as a result, it does show because there's you know Half Life, which is a game that I love on PC and obviously on consoles as well. It's it's never had a movie, even though there's been huge talks about a movie. GTA has never had had a movie, even though there's been loads of potential scripts and offers. Like I'm reading recently, apparently they they was gonna do a GTA movie after GTA Three came out with Eminem in there, and Rockstar basically candid and they didn't want to do it. Uh, and obviously, that's a great position for Rockstar to be in to have this now, you know, like the top earning game of all time. And say, you know what? We don't need to do a movie if it's. I'm sure they get they get scripts all the time, and to have that control to say, yes, I don't yeah, need to go I'm, into the movie business. I can just dominate the game um, unless we get an, like, an amazing of, script. Uh, the new game films. I am so excited for the Super Mario one. It looks gorgeous. I have, yes, yeah, I it does actually. That does look it, really good, but, and um, I'm also Sonic Off was pretty good as well, especially with number the one. Sonic redesign for the film in the film. Yes, that's a, that's it. A... Uh, are you talking about the original trailer? Then they changed it with the teeth. Is that the redesign you're talking about? Yes, I mean when I saw the original trailer. I never had an issue with it, and then I remember seeing people moaning about it online, and then they re-released the trailer, and I, and I thought, it didn't really look that bad. Like, I was fine with it, but, I mean, they listened to the fans, and then they changed it up, and people liked it, so, I mean, that's fine. So I don't really have an issue with that. I think, for the most part, out of, outside of people like me and you that mm-hmm. know about it, yeah, nobody knows or thinks about it. It's, it's something that happened. They fixed it up before it came out, uh, and that was the end of that. So, but I am looking forward to the Mario movie. It does look good. Uh, I feel like Chris <laughs> Pratt again. They're just you know getting you know the actor that's in. But I feel like Chris Pratt. I, I, I can't stop hearing him as Mario. Not Mario. Like considering this animated, and because obviously with Unch- Uncharted that was live action, so they're gonna have to get some actor to physically play him but with an animated one they could get anyone like they could get the original person you know or the you know the one who does it in the games currently in super mario odyssey and that our mario car and get them <laughs> to voice it uh, and that would be great but again it's it's just that thing you know chris pratt is yeah I, you know I mario or you know vin diesel is groot it's <laughs> it makes no actual sense it's just pure marketing Yeah, but overall, <laughs> the, the movie does definitely look very um, good. I, I haven't okay, played so favorite some of like board the more game. Like recent ones. Um, 
I like mousetrap a lot because I love I love making the the contraption the the contraptions and just watching um, like using it and seeing it work is just so fun. So I would say definitely that one and maybe Candyland because I just I again I I absolutely love sweets and I love the um, I love the art on the board. <laughs> It does. <laughs> I haven't played Candyland. I will check there. I do like Mass Trap. The problem I have with Mass Trap is yes. it's so long to set up, and and then the actual game lasts much. It's a lot shorter than the setup time, and it's just it's just over like that. Yeah, you know the contraptions are nice, but it just takes so long to set up. And every time I, I feel like playing it, I'm like. Nope, I remember the setup. I remember the setup. I am not doing this. Now I have a eight-month-old daughter. I know that when she gets a bit older and the, once she sees the setup the once, she's always going to want to play that one compared to, let's say, Monopoly. She's going to want to play that one because obviously it's so fun looking. And then I'm going to have to set it up. But right now I try and... I mean, I'm hoping by then I'll have a dedicated games room where it's a setup. Then you know that is fine. Then because <laughs> I remember when me and my wife first got married, we were playing a lot of board games, and I bought Mousetrap. We set it up, and how long it took? We left it set up for like a week, and we were like, and, and we That's, played it a few times so more. So true. We got to disassemble yeah, it. I, I remember, like, oh, like I, like, like even looking at the instructions of setting up that game when I was first playing it, it took me like almost an hour just to figure out how everything worked. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I feel like some instructions in board games or whatever helpful. it is yeah. needs the people who design the IKEA instructions. You know, need to simplify it. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if it's in-house or if they outsource it. But either way, they yes, are very yes, good because so they pretty much never was, have any actually, um, important words on them. It's all just diagrams. And yeah, just nope. It's it, it feels like very um like the Lego manuals. Just all pictures. Yeah, it's very dumbed down. Okay. Um there's a lot. Okay, and what's uh, your favorite okay, video I will game say of all between time? Final Fantasy Nine and Kingdom Hearts because of the time that they were made and the time like what I was experiencing in my life at the time being exposed to these types of RPGs. Um me so, so it's between those two, I'd probably lean more towards Kingdom Hearts because it meshes like two of my favorite pop culture things. My friend uh franchises i love final fantasy and i do like disney so i would i'm gonna say kingdom hearts on this one <laughs> kingdom hearts 3 um okay. and uh, what video game are you looking forward to the most i'm trying to think like what other ones were coming out um there was one that seemed really interesting that my friend showed me 
by the creator who did Danganronpa. I don't know if you've heard of it. Okay, it's um, so it's kind of like an ace. I don't know if you've heard about the Ace Attorney I, series, um, but it's, no, it's Danganronpa is kind of like a class trial thing, and it's really. I'll just say it, it gets really intense and can be a little depressing at times, but the gameplay, I, I don't want to spoil it, but the elements and the things that they do with the gameplay when you're trying to figure out this murder trial is was completely unexpected and extremely fun. And so that creator is actually coming out with a game called I think it's called Rain Code, and that's something I'm actually definitely um, looking forward to because it feels, I don't know if you've heard about the Persona games, but it feels like that Danganronpa aesthetic, but also it feels like very Persona. Okay, yeah, I mean, I haven't played the Persona game, I've definitely heard, heard of them. So, okay. Fair enough. And, okay, so I've got one last question. Actually, a few... Uh, the last two questions are just, you know, ones I always ask everyone. But I've got one For last me, question before we wrap say, up. Does money buy you no, happiness? I think happiness and why? comes from within. I for, for the last couple years, mm. I went through um, some... Uh, I didn't know until, I think... A couple years ago that I had some sort of not not like mental issues but more like just I, I was being like very negative and had a lot of negative self-talk and kind of being a little just like really hard on myself and that wasn't allowing me to be happy and go after the things that I wanted and so I took some time to do a little bit of um was it like cognitive, like behavioral therapy on myself? And that actually really helped change the way that I was thinking and looking at things. I'm so much more happy where I am now than I was like two, three years ago, because I changed the way of like how I perceive myself, like what is progress, how I can make myself happier and do the things that I love without being so hard and so difficult on myself um and that none of that involved like any money or anything so i it, it it's hard it really depends on the person but for me that's that's how i feel about it <sighs> okay and just, so what would be your biggest regret would as an artist? Spending, maybe not spending as much time as I should have, maybe, I think, honing some of the skills. But again, that was something that was kind of out of my control at the time. But I would say maybe not using... I wouldn't say like all of my time, but like more of my time, uh, I think maybe picking up some new skills in, in certain areas at some points in time. 
Okay, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a regret of mine as well. I do feel like there's been times in my life and I look back and I think I should have you know, just learned this skill, especially when it wasn't, let's say, as in demand or, you know, it was a lot easier to learn it. Then maybe there was just less to learn or hey, I had more time or whatever it was. And I just think at the time I thought, you know, I don't need it or it's just hassle or whatever. And now I look back, I think about five years ago, I should have just spent three months and, you know, hardcore, a couple hours a day, learned here, and I would have been so much better off. Maybe better off, or maybe not. Well, yeah, I think we all have, you know, those doubts. So what advice would you give as an artist to an aspiring artist, especially mm-hmm. one that even wants to do some uh, indie work and maybe wants to, you know, join say, a company as well? Wait, You've done both. Um, I've been to a number of portfolio reviews with big studios and a lot of recruiters have said, you know, draw every day. Um, And it is from a recruiter standpoint, it makes sense because I want to see you keep pumping out work constantly. And they, you know, they, they, they want to hire someone that's passionate, but for me, I know that I can't do that every day. And so I would say, you know, like put what you can and try try to do your best. You don't have to draw every single day all the time, but get yourself to the point where you're where you are consistent with your work. Maybe you are posting something online on social media. Like for Art Station, like you can do it maybe like once every week or so. Um but try not to be like super hard on yourself. Do not compare yourself to other artists because there's a lot of really good, um, there's so many amazing artists out there. But once you start comparing, you know, you, you can start getting in your head and really just, you know, potentially start losing like that self-confidence and that motivation. So it's important to do what works. I, I, I know this sounds like so, so cliche, but do what works best for you in your personal situation as long as you can get and like and also potentially get something, like make some sort of progress out of that. Because um, be, being an artist, it's, it is about skill to a certain extent. But it's, you also have to manage, like, how, how do you take care of yourself, like, taking care of, like, your, your mental health, and also, you know, like, the business aspect of it, like, as a, as a freelance artist, or if you're doing stuff for indie studios, it's important to understand a little bit of that business side, like, how to negotiate, how to treat people because that's extremely extremely important like if if anything recruiters from top studios have said that they would rather work with a b-rated artist who's just an awesome person to be around than someone who's an a-plus artist and not very nice Oh yeah, for sure. It's like it's good to have people that are immensely talented, but when they're 
you know, either arrogant or just not nice or they're not mm-hmm. team players. It's just not a good environment. And yeah, because, you know, a B-grade artist or a programmer is still pretty good. It's not like you're talking about, you know, it's not like you're sacrificing to down to D-grade. So at that level, it's still good enough. And if you don't, if they don't get in your way as much as, let's say, an A-grade one does, or you don't have to, you know, resolve conflicts, let's say, if you're a manager as much, they might get just as much work done to the same level just because they just don't cause hassle. And then on top of that, you just feel easier about it at the end of the week and at the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the questions that I've got. So I want to thank you, Nicole, for you know coming on the podcast today. It was really good, really insightful to hear from uh, an, an artist in the so. gaming I, I think industry. Are there so any closing remarks before we wrap up? Such an awesome experience. I really appreciate it, and I hope for any person who's who would like to be an artist in the industry. I I hope some of this. Uh, <laughs> I hope some of these tips um help you out oh i'm sure they will so i'll get any social you know links or any portfolio links that nicole wants to share i'll whack them in the description so you know go check those out so i just want to thank everyone for listening and, you know, give the podcast a five-star rating on Spotify, Google, you know, whatever platform you're using. So I want to thank you, Nicole, one more time. And, you know, I'll see everyone in the next episode. Bye.